okay? Okay. Hi, and welcome to the latest episode of A Quiet Rebellion Against the Ordinary. And today I am super excited to have my friend Sarah Lewis Briggs on the line. And we are going to talk today about creativity and making money and probably lots of other things in between. So thank you so much for joining us. And thank you, Sarah, for being on the call with me. No problem. Hello. Hi. <laughs> you have a really interesting background because you're a, a chartered surveyor. Yeah, that's right. Which if um, people who aren't from the UK, it's like, I don't really know what you do anyway. You call a chartered surveyor out when you need your house sold. <laughs> um, well, I always say, say to people that I, I primarily deal with commercial estate management and valuation. Right. Um, because I, I do, um, my, my background is primarily commercial property. Um, and yeah, and as you say, people haven't got a clue what, I mean, even people in this country don't know what a chartered surveyor is really. Case in point. <laughs> but I do know that you had to go to university, you've had to do years and years and years of study, and you've achieved professional status in your chosen field. So congrats. Um, yeah, but you know, that wasn't where I started off. I did my degree was English with music. <laughs> music with English actually at one point I think I was the only chartered surveyor in London that I knew of who actually had a music degree <laughs> so I've, I've sort of done a whole full circle thing um, and although surveying's very interesting um, and uh, you know graduating with an arts degree I always felt I was living in London and I felt the need of a career and just having an arts degree didn't feel like enough. So, you know, I was hunting around for what profession to go for and property seemed interesting. And I, I still find it interesting, but um, it's quite interesting that, you know, now sort of 20, 30 years on, however, I don't like to think how many it is. Um, you know, I'm, I'm going back to the sort of the English and the music in a way and other things. And other things. <laughs> <laughs> so... Earning money by being a surveyor, I mean, that's kind of very, it is a very ordinary, I know you had to, you've mm. done a lot of training, but it is kind of a very safe kind of career move, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And when I chose surveying as my sort of chosen career path, I mean, I was in my mid-twenties, getting on to my, for my late-twenties before I started. Um, at that point the career prospects for surveyors were that there was something like 0.01% were unemployed. So, you know, it was definitely a sort of safe choice as well as being an interesting one. And I, I tempt, and as I said, I've got this music and English degree. I sort of try, gone for in the interview process for quite a lot of careers, including, believe it or not, accountancy. Oh no, why? Why? <laughs> <laughs> what were you on? <laughs> I know. And in fact, there was, a, there was one guy who interviewed me at one of the top accountancy firms. And he said to me, he said, yeah, you're perfectly capable of doing it, but I don't think you'll stick to it. And he was quite right. I mean, he didn't even let me go through to second interview stage. And I, I you know, he, he got me, he sussed me out. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, um, I think it was just that thing of, yeah, I'm the daughter of an engineer, um, and my mum was a teacher, but sort of a housewife as well. And I think I was just brought up to go for the safe option, really. Um, and I think that relates to so much more than just 
your work actually because recently I was saying to someone yesterday something about um, I want to put this the right way just in case my mum happens to see this um, <laughs> I think my parents are of that generation where you, you didn't really take risks and I think for me career-wise and as a person I wasn't meant to take risks um, I mean, even changing, because I started off reading English at university and then I switched to music. And I remember my dad saying something about, oh, he didn't understand daughters, how they got to, you know, whatever age. And then they went and did something weird like music. <laughs> um, and yeah, there's me now saying to my daughter, look, if you want to be a performer, go and do that now and do the university, well, do university, do the performing, and then become a doctor or whatever later. Um, yeah, so I think it's a complete turnaround. Yeah, and I think it's it's partly a generational thing. Yeah, they grew up throughout and just after the war, um, and you were meant to settle down and everything, and that's what they wanted as well. Um, but that's not anything that really ever appealed to me. <laughs> I always with surveying. I mean, I got on really well with surveying. But at one point I chucked it in and went off to be a holiday rep. Um, and when I came back, I was less worried about it as a career. And then, of course, you know, it's that sort of Buddhist thing. Of, I wasn't trying. So then I started going up the management ladder. Um, I always felt a bit like a square peg in a round hole. And I always felt like a whole nine to five thing. I was always somehow straining against it. I, I didn't like being at someone else's behest and having to work nine to five, nine to six or whatever, Monday to Friday. Um, I mean, it fits in well with everybody else's life on the whole. And that's how most of the world is, I suppose, or a lot of it. But there was something in me that always sort of was conflicting against it. Which brings us to creativity. What you do now is you know, it's completely different, isn't it? Tell people what you do. <laughs> How do you make well, money being creative? Yeah, well, I do do some more, I do do some surveying still um, mm. to, on a zero hours contract. That's, that's sort of, it gives me a, a base income, basically. But I also do some writing. Um, I had a bit of a lull, but that's picking up again. I've, I've just done the most brilliant feature. I mean, I'm not saying the feature is brilliant, but the, pros <laughs> the process of doing it was. Um, it's a feature about artists around Brampton, where I live. Um, and there's this enormous network of arts and crafts people, really talented people, really inspirational people, and people who are making their money out of being creative. Um, and not the fascinating thing was not only me and finding that a lot of them felt the same way about the area or about life as I did. Um, yeah, I mean, the references to sort of their souls feeling right here. And one of the comments was um, that the area sort of draws you in and then you don't, you can't leave because it's too interesting, that sort of thing. Um, yeah, there were so many sort of resonances with things. I thought, oh yeah, exactly. But also... It it's, goes back generations because there's the local family, the, the Howard family, um, 
as of Castle Howard, but they're no longer that branch. Um, and, you know, they've influenced things a lot around here, like the, the secondary schools, William Howard School, that sort of thing. But the ninth Earl was a pre-Raphaelite, and he he actually chose to concentrate on his art while his wife ran the the estate and everything. Um, and his granddaughter was Winifred Nicholson, and he was very much a um, role model mentor for Winifred Nicholson. And her granddaughter, who is an artist, still lives locally. Um, and you know, Winifred Nicholson was the mentor for her granddaughter. And that, researching that feature was just brilliant. Um, and I just love getting out and meeting people and then writing about them anyway. <laughs> um, but yeah, I also do a bit of singing, although I don't always get paid for that. Um, and then I'm also training to be a chef and I do some private chef work and I do some charity dinners. That's amazing. So training to be a chef, is this something that you want to do full time or more than part time? <laughs> um, well... <laughs> When I, when I started the course, um, I looked up the job opportunities for chefs. And obviously, yeah, we all have to eat, so there's opportunities all over the place. And I'd like to travel, I'd like to work in a ski resort. So yeah, I was thinking, yeah, I could be a chef in a ski resort, and it could be in Italy, so I can use my Italian, because I'm learning Italian as well. Um, but as I've sort of I've had a couple of part-time chef jobs, I'm also doing these private chef dinners and, and charity dinners. And I'm beginning to think, actually, I quite like doing private chef work because I'm not, I don't have a boss then. <laughs> and it goes back, it goes back to the same thing of, um, you know, I'm not then doing it every day of the week. I'm not cooking the same things every day. Um, I'm deciding on the menu along with the clients. Mm. Um, and it, it, it just gives me a bit more freedom and a bit more scope to be creative. So I'm not quite sure where it's going to go yet. <laughs> It'll go where it needs to go. So how yeah. do people respond? Yeah. Because you're a midlife lady, as am I. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, it's not normal for us to reach a certain age and then decide, no, screw this. This is, I want to do something my way. I want to be creative. I want to do things differently. I want to have life on my terms. How do people respond to that? Cause it's, it's not normal. Sarah, it's not normal. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's well, great. Think, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think I'm lucky that where I live, there are a lot of creative people. Um, I mean, a lot of the features I've written over the past few years living up here have been about people who, I mean, one woman I met, she'd be a perfect interviewee for you. Um, she, she worked as a lawyer dealing with something like um, oh, child abuse cases, you know, something really heavy mm. um, down either the Midlands or London, I can't remember. She now for her work, makes paper mache models and works in the archives, in the education department at the archives. But I just think it's brilliant. And I've met so many people like that up here. And 
And so I think in this area, because it's so rural, um, I think there's less of an emphasis on uh, having to have the newest car or I just think it's it's a bit less materialistic than say in London. Mm-hmm. You know, London's great, but I've, I'm now beginning to think that life in a big city is very pressurized. It's very fast. You don't have time to think. Um, and the sort of antidote to um, oh, the antidote to feeling bored or just having that half hour of thinking, what am I going to do? You go to the shops. I mean, I used to do it in Bristol and my ex-husband will say the same, but when the kids were young on a Saturday morning, if, it, if it's a wet Saturday and we didn't know what to do, we'd go up to um, the Mall in at Cribs Causeway um, and look around John Lewis. And at that point I was earning enough money that I could just say, oh, fancy buying that, I'll buy it or I oh, will have tea out or whatever. I think when you live somewhere rural, there's far more of a connection with nature um, and you just have more time to sort of think somehow. And it's not that people aren't busy because they are, but it's somehow perhaps we're more grounded or I'm not quite sure how to express it really. But I think that helps all the creative thoughts come out. And at the same time, then there's less pressure to have to have everything brand new and everything looking fantastic. Do you know what I mean? Mm, exactly. Yeah. So where you live, for people that don't know you, you live up in the north of England, near Cumbria, where it is quite rural and open and not many yeah. big things. Well, I mean, there's big things going on, but there's not many like, big shopping centres. And it's no. beautiful I mean, up there, isn't it? Oh, it's absolutely stunning. I'm, I'm um, 10 miles east of Carlisle, up near Hadrian's Wall. Um, I can go trail running or walking, you know, with, without going on the road very much at all. Um, and I could go for miles. I mean, I've run sort of, I think, 14 miles, no, 16 miles along Hadrian's Wall. Um, you know, and, and yes, there'll be the old farmhouse, um, or if you go out for a bike ride, you know, you might see two cars. Um, whereas when I lived in London, if I went for a bike ride, you know, I'd, I'd cycle from home through the traffic to Richmond Park and then Richmond Park would just be thronging with people anyway. <laughs> um, it's just, it's different. It's just different. Um, in your experience, because you've obviously found this place that really resonates with you and you absolutely love where you live, do you feel that the spirit of the place is really important to your kind of your creative journey? I think, yes, definitely. Um, and I think the spirit of the place has always been important to me. I remember when I was at university, I was at university in Nottingham, and I remember one day walking across the campus and just sitting down on the grass to just feel the grass. Um, But it wasn't something that I really became aware of until I lived in Cumbria. And then I, the whole spirit, it just sort of clicked into place more. Um, And yes, I mean, if I go out for a run, quite often I'm writing blog posts in my head or, or having ideas for food or you know it's 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 definitely 
for me, it's been really important. And that was what was interesting about this uh, interview with these artists. But it was the same for them. And, and the other comment, which was interesting, because for me, it's also, it's about history. It's about feeling part of a long line of, of something. Um, I mean, when I stand on Hadrian's Wall, I can almost see the, the border reavers going backwards and forwards. Do you know what I mean? Um, and, yeah, now I've lost my train of thread. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's, it's just, yeah, it, it's, it's really important. Um, and I think in a city, because you're rush, because it's so easy to rush around, it's very easy to lose that sense, almost of you in a core, and almost of, of feeling very, very rooted and, and part of a long, continuous line of history. Um, and it's the sort of thing that makes me think: if all that happens is that I end up pushing up daisies, that's fine because you know, that soil's there and someone else will walk on it and do you know what I mean? And you're part of it. Yeah. 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 It's really, I, I'm, I'm quite envious that you found such a magical place that really resonates with you and that you can really explore your creativity in such a safe mm. and beautiful environment. For yeah. other people who um, aren't quite as lucky to find their place and especially if you live in a big city, how mm. do you feel that they can you know, connect to the spirit of place. Have you got any tips? Um, well, for me, I used to find, again, when I was in London, that I used to go into, say, the Roman Catholic Cathedral in Westminster. I'm not a Roman Catholic. I'm not even, I mean, I was brought up as a churchgoer, but I'm open-minded about religion um, and it was just finding that place where you could actually have a few moments of just being alone with your thoughts and I, I mean I've always I mean candles are fantastic and you know even going into a church and lighting a candle and doing it completely for yourself you know not not for any prayers for the dead or anything like that but just to light a candle and just Sort of stand there and, and look at the candle flame and just be with your thoughts. Um, and I mean, actually, a few years ago, I went through a really bad um, time. I mean, I think you and I spoke at the time. Um, mm -hmm. I was, yeah, you know, I was completely brokenhearted and devastated about a particular man. And at that point, the woods near where I live were one of my havens, as it were, um, and. The other place I used to go was into Carlisle Cathedral and I would just go into one of the little side chapels and just be there with my thoughts. And quite often I'd just be there with tears rolling down my face. But, you know, it's, that, for me, it's that just getting that space to yourself. Um, and I think, I mean, it's very difficult, but I remember my mum saying once to me that even if I didn't feel religious, you know, to go into a church and just use it for yourself like that, to use that atmosphere of calm um, and, and, yeah, just get something back for yourself, then that's fine. Mm, that's, that's really good advice because wherever you go in a city, there's always a church. There's always yeah. some yeah. kind of yeah. religious temple that you can just 
sitting. Yeah, and you, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's a Buddhist Buddhist temple down near Olverston, and you can just be in the grounds of it, and you feel just a calmness. Um, another place that I liked was over. I I got particularly uh, distressed when I was working in Whitehaven. Um, I felt just some really bad sort of spirit of place there um and and yet there's a little garden right in the middle of the town um where in fact there used to be a church it's the old, an old churchyard and they've got a little maze that you can walk around in the middle and i used to just nip in there or the other thing if people i think live in a city that's next to the sea is just to stand and look out at the sea that's also always been one of my... I mean, you like the sea. I do. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's something about it going on forever, isn't it? It's, yeah. yeah. It puts everything like, in perspective because you're just this little yeah. person and there is the sea and, it, and that sea yeah. connects every other living person in some way or another. So Absolutely. It, I, yeah. It's just beautiful. I love the sea. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, we came from water. Yeah. Water yeah. is what gives us life, isn't it? Yep. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So really, I suppose um, it's about finding what's in your heart. If you, it's become aware, mm. isn't it, of what feels good, even if you're in a city, that there will be a place where, where you can get that peace. For me, yeah. when I was in London, it was um, Cleopatra's Needle on the embankment. Uh, that, yeah. that was yeah. my place to go to because yeah. it didn't matter how busy or bustling it was. That that's my my little sacred place in London. Yeah. 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 But, yeah. It's just being aware. I love yeah. churches myself. I always find them to be places of power, even if I don't believe in <laughs> the church. Yeah. But the, the actual space is beautiful. That's really good advice. Yeah. And yeah. Um, yeah. what? And, and what and yes. Sorry. Yeah. I, was, I was just going to say, yeah, and, and yeah, people shouldn't worry about not being religious. I, mean, I know, but having said that, I know there are people that go into churches and just feel really bad. Mm. So obviously, not a good place for them. But you know, it's. I've always felt that if there's a god, then it's not necessarily God or the Muslim God or the Jewish God or whatever. It's it's more a, a good thing, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and that it, whoever he, she, or it is would be welcoming of everybody. Mm, I think um, so too. That way of personal belief, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. And um, before we wrap up, what advice would you give to people who do want a more creative lifestyle, who want to start making money more creatively? Have you got any advice? Because it's scary to, to stand there and think about doing things that are different. Mm, mm. Um, I think and one of the things I've had to come to terms with is the fact that because I'm responsible for my three kids um, I have to be reliant on tax credits which mm. I I didn't want to be I mean I took a, a surveying job two two and a half years ago thinking that, oh, well, that's good, I can work full-time, I won't need tax credits. But actually, it all went, that was when I was working in Whitehaven, and it all went horribly, horribly wrong. Um, I just couldn't cope with it. And I had to just sort of think, well, okay, if I, 
only earn 20 grand a year. The tax credits are there to help me. And, you know, I'm not saying people should scrounge off the state, but sometimes to, to balance things, you know, the looking after the children, the being creative and the earning enough money and the paying the mortgage, you have to take what you give them. Um, and I think it's, you know, you've sometimes said things about um, sort of being grateful, being thankful for things. And I think that's, that is so true. And, and sometimes I think if you're feeling low or depressed, it's very difficult to feel thankful for things. But actually, you know, there are things are being given to us all the time. And I think once you turn it around, and actually you start being given more things. And I really firmly believe if you follow the right thing, um, the right path, and do what your heart is telling you to do, then it'll work. I really, really believe that. Me too. That is just beautiful advice. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you. No problem. (laughs) Is there anything else you'd like to add today? Go for it. Go for it. Yes, (laughs) go for it. (laughs) Oh, it's been such a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much for giving your time to me to talk about, you know, your quiet rebellion. (laughs) <laughs> up in <laughs> up north <laughs> thank you so much no problem <laughs> and i'll post some details where people can find you and maybe book you for private events singing yeah. and catering and writing yeah. So, Brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. thank you so yeah. much <laughs> thank you everyone no for listening <laughs> okay thank you <laughs>